Hello, Friday Night Lights fans. Welcome to the Friday Night Mics podcast, presented by Freaking Geeks Media. In this podcast, one host comes into each episode cold, the other has been a longtime fan. If this is your first episode, thanks for listening. If not, we're happy you're back for another episode. You can follow Freaking Geeks Media on Twitter and Facebook. Links will be in the show notes. Now, on to the show. Here are your hosts, Michael and Sarah. Hey, everybody. Excellent. Uh, ready for another episode of the podcast. And you know, we're really in the uh, home stretch here. You know, we're on the, the back end, the second half of season five. And it's exciting. It, it We're starting to see, I think, the we're starting to see, I think, the last things being put into place in terms of like storylines and, and characters and situations. They're going to play out to the end now. So it's good stuff. No, we're about halfway done now, which is crazy. <laughs> like, this is it. We're wrapping up soon. It's oh, it's hard to think about. Yeah, it is. Uh, we've been doing this now for what two, two years? Two years. Yeah, two years. Uh, you know, it's a long time to do that. Uh, it makes you realize what you know. Doing a retrospective like this, uh, you know, by going through and watching each episode. Now, for you, it's different. Obviously, you're watching them for the first time, but. You know, for me, it's um, you know, this is like my third, fourth time at least through the whole series, and uh, it does take a long time to do this. You know, it's different when you're sitting there and just watching episode after episode after episode. You can get through the whole in series in a couple yeah. of weeks, but when you're not <laughs> and you're doing it week to week, it makes you realize just how long it takes to actually just watch, you know, this whole series. Dissect each one and. Mm-hmm. Have a discussion about each every single episode. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so the episode we're talking about today, guys, is episode seven, Perfect Record, which is directed by Adam Davidson and written, of course, by Peter Berg. And the breakdown is that it's a crosstown rivalry. Oh, did I mess that up? Did I miss that? Um, oh, I think I messed. <laughs> you messed it up. Uh oh, which which part? Oh no, it is oh, it is the right one. I thought I was looking at a different page. <laughs> Sorry guys, you can just edit that out. <laughs> uh, okay, and we'll just move okay. right on. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's Crosstown Rivalry Week week in Dillon, and uh, things get heated when an anti-Lion website appears highlighting the boys' juvenile records. Coach Taylor is concerned when Vince's dad gets more involved in his college recruitment process prospects we'll talk about that and um billy riggins works privately with luke and gets him pumped up for the game but gives him one or two pieces of bad advice sure does and meanwhile julie is still hiding at home and tammy goes up to her school to collect her schoolwork yes lots of interesting pieces this episode yeah there is i i really i uh, like this episode a lot um there's a lot of good stuff here and uh I'm excited to break it down. Yeah. So who do we want to start with? There's a lot of people in this episode. Not all of them have very big parts, but we've got quite a few people to go through. Um, let's start out with Eric. You know, I like Eric. Uh, Eric's storyline this week it's, uh, involves Jason Street. So, hey, we haven't seen Street for a while now. So oh it's God, nice to see. so happy. <laughs> I know. I knew. And when I watched this episode, because I, I, I knew he was coming back this season. I just didn't remember exactly what episode that was and when he showed up I thought, okay yeah <laughs> sarah's gonna be really happy when she sees street <laughs> which you know here's the thing i remember going back to season one and i don't think you disliked street as a character i think you were very sympathetic no. towards him but he didn't he didn't feel like the most um dynamic storyline uh overall i think and you certainly felt for his character when he was hurt in the pilot and all the struggles that he had afterwards. But sometimes it felt like it was they were trying really hard to give his character something to do, you know? Yeah, something more than to just be the guy in a wheelchair. Guy in the wheelchair, guy, you know, struggling to get better. And, and those are all very effective 
storylines to attack, but after a while, it just feels re- uh, rep- re- yeah, re- repetitious. Uh, um, rep- yeah. See, I can't even talk. Repetitive is what I was looking to say. Because it was the same storyline over and over, struggling, struggling, struggling. And you kind of do that so many times before the audience kind of it's not that they don't feel sympathetic anymore, but at the same time, you just want them to move on and show a different side, a different facet, different problems. And they did that eventually. Uh, but I think it took longer for for you, I think. And, and I know it t- took a while for me to really get involved into Jason's storyline, like really become fully invested. Yeah, it's just because... I don't know why I don't know why it is that it takes longer for Jason to be like the one you have a connection with but I guess it's because you know the drama kind of happens around him after the initial incident like with Lila and Tim and you know him Tim bringing up a Tyra and just kind of all this drama surrounding it and but the longer like Jason kept around and when you saw him progressing and like you know his story changing up, you you connected more and more with him. It became like, I don't know, he's the core of it, and he's like the home part. It's a homey feeling when you watch him now. Like, it's weird to describe, but I don't know, just seeing him, it just feels like the core of the show has returned. Right. I think, um, I was just thinking about this in the last 30 seconds, and I think it's because he his character felt so isolated and was so isolated from the main cast. Yeah. I think that was the true. biggest problem. He he wasn't connected for the most part to anybody else. Be I mean Tim and, and Lila, but you know, other than that, it wasn't like he was around the team very much, if at all. It just he was like struggling and it was his own separate storyline most of the time. So he was just never around the other characters. It was never any storylines that kind of intermingled and mixed and tied together with him too much. Um, So I think that was probably why. But anyway, sorry, going off on a tangent here. But we've got things to talk about. And Jason does make a return in this episode. And it's exciting stuff, huh? Yes. And we actually have a clip for you guys. So we'll let you listen to that first. Yeah, that seems pretty great. It, like, sorry, I'm Oh, do you actually have it? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Looking good. <laughs> Took me a second. Looking good. Thank you. Thank you. Good to see you. Ah, it's good to see you too. All right, it's Noah. Look at him. Big football fan already. I got a little Panthers football I have him thrown around. Loose spiral. But he's working on it. I'll be damned. I'm teaching him everything you taught me. Yep. Here. Oh, no. Got a little spit up on it. Gracie got that on there. But you Coach, I really appreciate the gesture. I just, I do, I do got to tell you that streets look better in blue. You go to hell. Blue's more smart ass. He'll wear red. Red's the color these days. <laughs> no, thank you very much, Coach. You're welcome. You know, it took some convincing to get the wife to have him in the first place, but now that we do, she can't wait to have another one. Well, I didn't know that you made girl. it legal. Sure did. You got married. I did. You got married and you don't tell me about it. Coach, I didn't want to tell you over the phone. I could have saved you the trouble if you asked me whether you should get married or not. <laughs> How am I supposed to send something if I don't know you're married? I'm sorry I didn't call. I've been super busy. I'm very happy for you. I've been busy because I got a, uh, I also got a promotion this year. <laughs> I'm a big time, full-fledged agent now. You can take that. That's yours. From Frank Sharp's hat? It is. Arrow. Yeah. Not too bad, though, huh? No, it's not One bad. of your former protégés? Hey. You did good. You know, uh, people are talking about you. Are y'all uh, ready to order? We haven't even looked yet. Five minutes, please. And I'm sorry. I get a phone call a day about you. They know I know you. Colleges are interested in you, so I, I just gotta, I just gotta ask. College consideration for you again, or? I couldn't be happier where I am right now. Got an undefeated team. Family's doing good. The wife is happy. We almost got the daughter out of the house. Got the other daughter coming up. I've got a hell of a team. I love the school I'm at. Things are good. I have no interest right now. All right. But I appreciate it. All right. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, getting that. Like I was like, oh, gotta gotta get that clip started. Oh, I can't find it. And yeah, so <laughs> uh, professional as always. Um, yeah, we're so glad. Yeah, two yeah. years later we're still we're st- we're still <laughs> we're still amateurs um but yeah what a great scene 
like I remember watching like just Eric and he's walking up to somebody and he's got this big grin on his face and I'm like man he's had a shit week what could elicit that kind of smile from him right now and then you see Jason I'm like oh my god <laughs> I was so elated it was it was a great scene it's probably my favorite scene this episode it was a good scene it was nice um it, there's so many good things here obviously you know Eric and I feel like those two characters and the actors themselves definitely you know Apart from just the actors, I feel like have a good chemistry. I think the the characters themselves, there's just always been something between Eric and Jason. I I don't know if there's always been a, a little bit of guilt on Eric's part for feeling like, you know, maybe. I mean, I don't know how he could feel responsible, obviously, for for what happened to Jason because you, you just can't predict that's going to happen, but. You know, I just feel like there's always been something there between those two. And that may not have any part to it, but I just feel like there's always been a connection. They've always been able to talk to each other, be very honest with each other. I I don't think I've ever seen them have a conversation where they haven't been honest, you know, with each other. And this conversation isn't any different. uh, And hold each other very high in respect as well. Yeah, they do. And... I like it. I, I like that. I like, first of all, I like that Jason and, uh, I can't think of her name. Sorry. Um, I don't remember. We had this, even when she was in the show, we never remembered her name. Right. So I, I'm glad that they're married. I'm glad that they're still together. It, it's nice. It's nice that that whole thing, the way it played out, didn't just result in them getting back, you know, getting together for a very short period of time. And then obviously he would have left or she would have left. Um, so I'm glad that they're together. They're married. And she's excited and for having for another baby. Right. And that's just that's just fantastic. Um, it's just nice to see his character happy. And it's not just, you know, marital bliss and uh, the home and the family and all of that. He's also successful. He's now a full fledged agent and he seems Makes to be doing pretty well for himself financially, and that's just great. Yeah, it's it's everything we ever wanted for the character. And everything he really deserved too, you know, to have that you know, good life and you know, good job and just be stable and happy. Yeah, he deserves it. He always did deserve it, really. Yes. Because for someone that's gone through what he went through and struggled and lost so much and gained so much, you know, would move move from football onto different sports and trying different things to try to find a purpose, and eventually did so and that's just great i mean that's just great for a character and it's good writing and i just really enjoyed this scene i enjoy the rapport i enjoy the respect and you know obviously he asked eric if he had any interest eric's like nope fine i'm good got an undefeated team you know life is good i'm happy where i'm at so i did find it interesting though that throughout this episode jason holds a strong allegiance to the panthers and I always felt that that allegiance would be to Eric, not actually the team. You know? Oh, you mean at the football game, for instance? Like yeah. when he was on the other side? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. Um, and even when he's at the uh, Lions training uh, session, he's in a Panthers jersey. <laughs> right. And I don't know. You know, obviously he does have a strong allegiance to Eric, but at the same time, he's always been a Panther, you know? Yeah. So it just yeah, it's fine. I mean, I, I didn't really. Oh no. <laughs> well. This is what happens when I don't mute my phone. <laughs> see, there you go, everybody. She she uh, she's playing a little song for you. <laughs> um. Anyway, so um. What was I at? I was, I was on something. I can't remember. Anyway. Uh, Jason um Panther Allegiance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I th- I just think that you know I didn't read anything into it. Or, you know, I feel like he obviously, you know, loves his coach, former coach, uh, but he's always been a Panther. He'll always be a Panther. So I think that's why he was over there. Yeah, um, it didn't bother me too much. I was just kind of a little surprised, mm-hmm. but whatever. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's let's look at some of the ramifications from this conversation, because even though Eric said, hey, look, I'm good where I'm at, as a true agent, because <laughs> agents do this, this is how they operate. Uh, not that I know, but from everything that I've ever watched, 
movies, you know, TV shows, anything that, you know, I seem to have read in the, the media, uh, coaches or not coaches, uh, uh, agents Scout don't, agents. yeah. Agents don't tend to take the word no seriously. So <laughs> of course, even though Eric says, I'm fine where I'm at, I have no interest. It doesn't stop Jason from making some phone calls. And one of those phone calls leads to a coach um, or no, no, it's not a coach. I think it's a uh, athletic director calling Eric and asking him if he'd be interested in a head coaching position at a college. Now, I can say they they kind of weren't being very um, realistic here a little bit in the storyline. It's not that often that you find a head football coach getting a head coaching position at a college. Uh, especially a major college, because it just doesn't happen. Um, you know, usually if you're a head coach, head coach, you go on like Eric did in season two, where he got a position as like a wide receivers coach or something, and then you slowly move your way up over the course of time, and then you you know ultimately get a head coaching position. So on this, I feel like it was a little unrealistic to to kind of give him a head coaching offer, but apart from that. Um, I, I think obviously it is something that uh, Eric wasn't expecting and you could tell he, he just appreciates the offer, appreciates the attention, but isn't really ready for something like this, but he knows that they're going to keep calling. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know the way things go. I might <laughs> be looking to run away too. Yeah. Well, if you're dealing with Vince's dad, I'd be looking to escape too. That's something my, we'll get to. Don't worry. <laughs> my hatred for this, my underlying hatred for him, has now proven you know that my intuitions is correct. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about that because it's definitely something we have to address. Um. Yeah. So okay. So we're done with Jason and and Eric. I guess let's move on to something because other stuff that's going on with Eric, and we need to address that as well. Yeah. Um. So a big thing with like Eric and the team this week is that, you know, it's funny, like Buddy and all the boosters are out there on the, they're going to camp out for a week on the, uh, the field to make sure no vandal- vandalism happens again, like it did last year when the Panthers just trash everything. But this time, some, they don't attack physically. Uh, somebody attacks them um Tax where it really hurts. Uh, they put up an I Hate the Lions like website with all the players' criminal records up for public view. Very illegal considering they're minors. It, it's bad. Yeah, because of their juvenile records, which are supposed yeah. to be sealed. They're not supposed to be available to you know the public or anything. That's why they're sealed juvenile records. Yeah, so we still don't know. Like, we may never know. I'm not. I have no idea if we ever find out who's behind this. Well, <laughs> it never gets resolved. Obviously it's inferred that it's due to the Panthers. That if it's not them specifically, it's someone that they know that did it or someone that did them at their, did it at their behest. Meaning, you know, the coaches or, you know, somebody high up in the, the Panthers said, Hey, you know, can you, is there any way you can get a hold of the juvenile records and, you know, put them online and someone said, yeah, sure, I think we can do that. And they did it. So, what, you know, whatever, however went down, I think Eric Eric knows. I mean, look, here's the thing. You got the game coming up. What's the likelihood that it isn't somebody that's connected or affiliated with the Panthers at a high level? Because you're not going to do that unless somebody high up is going to give the okay. Because it's a big deal. Like you said, it's illegal. So if they're going to do this, it needs to come from somebody that has some some power. I had like a when I was watching this, I had a really horrible thought on who was behind it because this scene is back to back with Eric seeing Jason, <laughs> and I in no way I think any any Jason would ever do something like this. No way whatsoever. So don't take this for like serious. But my first thought was like. Damn, how far has Jason gone down to stoop to this level? Because it's back to back from the lunch, and like he would be the one to benefit from driving a wedge into the mentality of that team. You know, he wants Eric to have a different job because that would benefit him, and also his team would win. Panthers. 
Right. Now, obviously, Joe isn't there anymore. And we don't get any explanation as to why that is. And it's, again, it's one of these things where the actor, you know, probably just his contract wasn't renewed or he just didn't feel like there was, he wasn't getting enough screen time to just justify him being there. So maybe he, he just said, hey, can you get me out of the contract? Because, you know, I'm, I'm popping up like three or four times in a season. It's not worth it. So, I mean, regardless of how that went down, the fact is Joe isn't there. And therefore, JD isn't there either. Um, and we have no one to hate on the Panthers at this time. Right. They're just the Panthers. Now they're just the, the team across uh, the city, you know, the yeah. town, really. Um, so... Eh, you know, whatever. I mean, it doesn't bother me. I just, I do wish in a way that there was some, you know, can, um, some proof um, of what happened to get him out of there because he was entrenched, you know, in Dylan. You know, he was the guy with all the money. He was making things happen. He was just pouring money into the school and everything. That's how he got, you know, the power that he had. So, for him to leave is uh, kind of a big deal, and and why that went down. If it was just because, you know, the the crosstown Lions defeated their team at the end of last season, like that's why they they went out of town. They got pushed out of town. I don't know where he left voluntarily. Not sure. Again, this is all speculation. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter because storyline isn't going to pop up again. We're not going to see Joe. We're not going to see JD. So I'm just, me. I'm just giving you a heads up, and it's not. It's just. You know, and I'm sorry for anybody out there, but it's not really a spoiler because with only how many episodes left, it's they're just not going to be there. So it's fine by me. Like, yeah. who cares about that? Yeah, we got enough people to hate on this show uh, or dislike. I'm sorry, dislike on the show uh, as it is. Uh, no, no, I hate Vince's Well, yeah, well, we'll get to that. We'll get to him um, because we've got some good stuff here. Um, so, do we want to? Do we want to talk about? Those two, because, I mean, it involves Eric and his storyline anyway. Yeah, might as well. Um, so, due to this website having come out, everyone's morale and attitude and just general energy is, like, very bottom. It's so it's dropped so low. Everyone's really in a bad place. And Tammy uh, suggests to do something that she hates, but she knows it'll be a morale booster, and that's throw a barbecue. Yeah, as you do with the team and have it at their house. Something we've seen season to season that she absolutely hates. But <laughs> this time she just concedes and does it because, you know, it's, she, the team needs it. Well, she she That's feels that it's needs. necessary here. Yeah, and she wants to support Eric and help him too. It's really a, a nice sacrifice on her part. Um, so yeah, that barbecue happens and Vince's father's there. And, um, you know, Vince's father has, of course, like we see him getting some TMU swag and all kinds of goodies from uh, different schools. So you can see that, you know, he's not really sharing much with Eric, but we don't know the extent of it. But Eric's been getting um, scout calls from different colleges and he flat up confronts Vince's father and they have uh, this conversation. We'll let you hear the clip. I've been getting phone calls from uh, different scouts wanting tickets for the game tomorrow. You don't know anything about that, do you? <laughs> I know that they, uh, they're interested in my boy. Yeah, I can't say I'm surprised, though. I thought we agreed that, uh, I thought we agreed that everything was going to come through me and that there was going to be a process to it. Uh, no, that's not how I remember. Did you do me the honor of Inform me how you do remember it, so I can be filled in what's going on. I remember sitting there, listening to everything you had to say. Ain't nobody made put you in charge, though, man. I mean, you the coach, right? See, this is my son you're talking about. His future. So go ahead, man. You you could be the coach. You know, you, you be the big man. You could boss all these little bitch-ass parents around, you know. But they ain't gonna fly with me. Feel me? We got plans for the future. Can't let you get in the way of that, man. I'm gonna go get me some pie. 
You want some? Mm. Let me get something for you, Drake. No, you good. You good. I love that brisket, man. <laughs> okay, yeah, I can I can hear your your grimace <laughs> on the other side of the microphone. Um, there it is. The real version of Vince's father. We've all been suspicious that is there. And it's the greedy, hungry wolf that's been dressed in sheep's clothing. There he is. Yeah. I think that um, – I okay, here's the thing. On one hand, I understand. He, look, he loves his kid. I don't doubt that he loves Vince. But I also think there is um, a part of – this storyline that I dislike so much and it's it's not from the writers it's it's from the motivations of Vince's dad does he love his kid yes he does I I don't think that um, that should be questioned but what I do think is we have to understand that that's not the only motivation here he is latching on to Vince this is his thing uh, part of it is motivated by the desire to be uh, wealthy. You know, if Vince is successful, he's successful. If Vince gains notoriety and fame, then he will probably gain some level of notoriety and fame as well. You know, so it's it's all going to be reflected at least in some part back to him. So if you can get his son to, to the one of the best colleges and then from one of the best colleges into the pros – He's set for life. And I think that's the part that I dislike. And it's also the hubris going on right now in this clip as an example. Because this guy doesn't know what he's doing. He, well, he's been out of prison for what? A uh, couple weeks, maybe a month or two? I'd say six to eight weeks. You know, something like that. Uh, well, actually, no. Because the season had already started. Before he got out, you're right. So maybe four, no, I'd say four to six weeks is probably around that time frame. So yeah, he hasn't been out that long. This is a guy who's been in prison for five years, comes out, finally begins to earn the trust of his son, and then he suddenly decides he's going to take over. He's going to start negotiating with colleges. He's going to start taking the lead in the recruitment for Vince. And it's annoying because... He doesn't know what he's doing. You know, he thinks it's easy. He thinks he's just going to waltz into these meetings and just work the room. And what he fails to realize is that the people he's talking to, they've been around the block. They work the people around them. <laughs> they don't get worked. Okay. So I think he, what it is is he's, he's totally out of his element. He just doesn't realize it yet. And yeah. Big time. Uh, yeah, I feel like, like how, how can you be in the mentality of thinking you know more than somebody whose job it is to know this? Like, why are you against Eric? He's the coach. It's his responsibility to care for your son and think about his future. Like, that is his job. And his past record has indicated that he's done some really amazing things and gotten people to some great places. Like, why do you have to be the one? Like, you're you don't know anything about this. You don't know the tricks and the games and the lies that will be told to you. <sighs> His ego right now is just driving me crazy. It's jealousy. <laughs> what it is is it's jealousy. And I don't remember if we talked about this a few episodes back or if you picked up on it. And I'm sure you did. But And I again, I can't remember if we talked about it. But um, it was like in the first couple episodes of you know his – dad coming back and so the first couple episodes of him being on the show that's when you you notice there's a scene i want to say it was in i think it was one of the games maybe it was in the practice i can't remember which but you could tell that he, what he is he's jealous he's jealous of the relationship between vince and eric because if you go back to the early part of this season i mean the bond between eric and and uh Vince was very, very strong. Yes, you know, they he had totally trusted each other. Yes, trust each other. Totally bought in to what Eric was selling. Uh, totally committed. A great, you know, tandem as a coach and and star quarterback. 
Vince was all about the team and working together and all that stuff. So it's not until his dad comes in the picture and a few episodes go by and he finally begins to trust his dad that we start to see, you know, this breakdown begin to happen between Vince and Eric. And so I think what it is, it's not that he doesn't think that Eric knows what he's talking about. It's just it all comes down to I don't like another man having a better relationship with his son than me. I don't like a man, another man having a father-like parental bond with my kid if it's not me. So now I'm going to do everything I can to kind of get between the two of you. I'll take over recruiting for him. I'll be the dad. I'll be, you know. So I think that's at least in part where this is coming from. It's not a, yeah. he knows that Eric knows what he's doing, but he just doesn't want Eric to be the one to get his son his dream. Because if he does that, then he's going to be on the sidelines. Yeah. That, Actually, that's, yeah. I think that's probably the best way to look at it. Is it's just, you know, most of it is jealousy. And I think you're right about that. Yeah. So that lovely scene happened. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Do we do we want to move on to Vince? Um, because yeah. we can just talk right about Vince and his dad since we're already uh, incorporating them into this uh, part of the review. Yeah, so Vince, you know, he's been very upset and stressed about his criminal records becoming public information. Rightfully so. I mean, he does, he is the one that has the best chance to get scholarships into these fantastic schools. So, of course, you're going to be worried. You know, this is public record now. Why would they want some thug in their school? Like, that's his first thought. But apparently it's good enough that it doesn't really matter. Because um, they still want him. He's still getting, you know, interest. And, you know, his father shows him a team. He sent them swag and all these kicks and stuff, which is, I'm fairly certain that's illegal. It <laughs> is illegal. They're, you're not yeah. supposed to get that stuff. That's um, that's basically you're getting perks, and you're not supposed to do that. Yeah. So what would happen if somebody found out that you were receiving those perks and keeping them? Well, the school, the college itself would get uh, the, it would be a violation of uh, NCAA rules, and they could get hit with sanctions of some kind. They could um, they might get a reduction in scholarships the amount of scholarships that they can have on the team for usually, you know, could, usually it's like a, a couple of years. Um, so, uh, and, for, and sometimes financial, um, they might get a, a $500,000 fine or something like that. So these are, these are issues, you know, sometimes they're minor, sometimes they're bigger. And so this one will probably fall in the mid, small to moderate, but it would it still could result in, real problem for the school so that's why you try to be on the up and up most of the time most of the time the schools do that but sometimes they don't like would vince get in trouble for accepting these uh yeah he could he could um i I don't think the college wouldn't be able to recruit him the one that gave him the swag and all that stuff so and then word could get around to other colleges that he's accepting stuff like this and it may result in him being unable to actually get a scholarship so, something to think about. Yeah, definitely. We'll talk about that a bit more later. Uh, but yeah, and um, you know, with Vince being all upset about this and everything, he's out shooting the ball and look like he's drinking a bit. Uh, out at night in the parking lot, and his dad comes and has a talk with him. And uh, the fact that, you know, he cares, you can tell he cares about Vince. And... This seems like such a genuine scene, but I feel like there's an underlying hint of it's just all smoke and mirrors. That, yeah, I have no doubt that he loves his son, but I honestly think a lot of it is he loves his son's success. Well, right, and I I alluded to this earlier about how it's all going to come back onto him. So the more successful that Vince is, um, the more, the bigger the highlight reels, the the more the more of attention that Vince gets, it's all gonna come back to him in some way. He's gonna get reflected on to him. Uh, so he's living vicariously through Vince. He's achieving something. He's achieving great success 
And uh, it, it, so there is, it may not be the first thing on his mind, but it's there. I don't think that he would be pursuing his son or having such an interest in Vince if Vince wasn't a big-time football player at this point. Oh, right. Oh, definitely not. No, no, no way. <laughs> no. I mean, now that he knows the potential that Vince has, he is going to try to maximize the exposure of that potential. He's the new Joe. <laughs> and Vince is now the new JD. He is. He doesn't have the money. Um... But his kids got the success. Right. It's kind of a similar situation, but whereas Joe had the money, which bought him the power, I feel like Vince's dad has the attitude and the street smarts and just being a a guy that's been through... Intimidation, He's a big guy. He's not really afraid of anybody. We saw that. Uh, Guys pointing a gun at him. He just, you know... Takes the gun Drops away him. and just just beats the the living tar out of him. So this isn't somebody you mess with. Whereas Joe Joe wasn't going to win a fist fight, you know, with anybody. Uh, he just his power was through money. Mince's dad's power is through just being slick, wily, street smart, and intimidating. Yeah, so that's basically it for Vince this week, I think. Um, it's just him and it's mostly about him and his father and their dynamic. I, right. I don't think I'm missing anything, am I? Right, no, like the swag at the beginning of the episode. I mean, you could tell Vince was just like, uh, return this. We can't be doing this. So at least at that point, he's, you know, still being the good, uh, be a good quarterback. You know, doing what coach is told him to do. He knows what the rules are. Uh, so at least at this point, you know, he's um, on the up and up. But uh, obviously that changes. Yeah. <laughs> um. So maybe we should shift over to, uh, I guess, Luke and Billy. Sure. Yeah. No oh boy. Billy. So, uh. Billy. Man, Billy. Last week, you know, he got some things right. He did a good pep talk. He had some good advice. And so it's natural that this week it needs to be the opposite because him giving good advice and ha- doing something right is one in a million. <laughs> so, of course, we have to have some equilibrium here. And uh, so he is, you know, still talking to Luke about, like, keeping Luke riled up, keeping his energy up and his anger and using that in football. And he's been, Luke's been hanging out at his house I'm doing the white trash like workout where you bench press bumpers and like lift propane tanks. It's just like oh, it, it's just wow. this is totally a Billy thing. Yeah, it, it's so so good. Oh boy. And you know, Luke has a nice little trash with Becky. It's so sweet. It's just like Luke and Billy's not having it. He's like, dude. You know, you can't get a girl if you're nice to her. You gotta treat her horrible. Anymore. You gotta treat her like like garbage, more basically. <laughs> Just like, oh my god, this is elementary thinking, Billy. How did you ever get Mindy? Oh, that's right, it's Colette family. Okay. <laughs> Different story. Yeah. yeah. Just okay. <laughs> Whatever, Billy. <laughs> yeah, stupid. He's being Landry at this point. <laughs> Stupid advice. Yep, he is. You're right. He is the Landry Clark. Uh, the problem is he's much older and should know better, but he, he doesn't. Exactly. He doesn't. Yeah, so that's what Luke's been doing. He starts ignoring Becky for Billy's wonderful advice. And lucky for Luke, she's fairly laid back in regards to him because she doesn't take it that personally when he comes clean she isn't mad at him where if if that was me i'd be a little pissy about that like are you really like that naive to think that and take advice from billy riggins anybody who's anybody knows not to take advice from billy riggins (laughs) seriously it's ridiculous (laughs) i do like the fact that luke says like technically it like works no you can't give billy credit you cannot (laughs) no you can't come on Gotta be smarter. Gotta yeah. be smarter. Oh, uh, yeah, so Billy's been training him, and um, 
he's giving Luke the advice to take down one of the biggest players on the Panther team. And he's, you know, fueling Luke's aggression and he's training him in a way where he's getting him to just be aggressive and not actually think, which is not a good thing. <laughs> like, sure, you want your players to be strong and be able to fight for themselves, but there's there's a line between, you know, being a good player and being an aggressive a-hole on the, on the field. And that's kind of like what Luke, ugh, what Luke turns into. You know, in the game, the first thing he does is take down this big guy, and he tackles him so hard, this guy's like crawling, limping off the field. I feel really bad for him. Yeah, it is. It's not pleasant. In uh, the game itself is is against the Panthers, Brutal. and you can tell a lot of this is like, okay, you guys screwed us over. We know we know you're the ones, or at least they think that they're the ones that really released all this information, and they're not going to take that laying down. They're going to find a way to exact some kind of revenge, and that means basically pummeling this this team into the ground. Yeah, it is rough to watch. Like Vince is just not listening to coach anymore. That is very evident. And he's taking all his father's advice and at like the very end when they're just like, Okay, just take a knee, and take some pity on these guys, just let the game end. No no. It can't do that. He has to get another touchdown and show his wicked kick. It is just brutal to watch I feel bad for the Panthers just a little bit. And like you can see the disappointment on Jason's face. You can see the disappointment on even the other coach's face on the Lions team. Like, this, you're saying, this isn't who we are. This is not okay to be treating other players like this, even if they're our worst enemies, our rivals. Right. I mean, and look, this is their former team. They were there for years. So, and it's not who they are. It, they should be showing more class than this. Uh, at some point, you don't, you don't kick the other team when they're down. Um, they're done. The game's over. That doesn't mean you drop back as a quarter, you know, as a team quarterback doesn't drop back and and chuck a bomb for just one more touchdown with with time expiring just to throw it in their face, uh, more so than it already has been. So it's just unfortunate that it actually happened. And, and I understand, I get it. Um, Eric didn't want that to happen. And that coach certainly had problems. Even before the end of the game, he was having issues with what was going on. But uh, but that certainly was the part that really took him over the edge, was watching yeah. them rub it in the uh, Dylan Dylan's face, the, uh, the Panthers' face. Eric's having a difficult time trying to keep their, you know, their all mindset all together. Well, they keep their egos in check, too. That, too. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're undefeated, and it's... Someone's got to knock them off their high horse because that's what it's getting to. They're getting way too, their heads get way too big, especially Vince's. You know, when you ignore advice, you're treating your team like crap and treating your coach like crap. It's going to come back and bite you in the ass. Yeah, it is. It's true. Definitely. This is happening. Yeah, so that's that. And I guess all that's left is Julie and Tammy pretty much. Yes, Julie and yeah, and Tammy. So, uh, let's start out. With, let's do Julie last. Let's start out with Tammy. Yeah, so, Tammy, this episode, she's given some Julie some tough love, which I fully agree with. I mean, Julie certainly needs it, and she's getting her to like assist in babysitting, giving her chores and responsibilities as she would have if she was still living under that roof. So, I like that she's doing this. Uh, Julie really needs that structure because it's not just about punishing her it's about giving her the same feeling as she used to be in this house and giving her safety and structure and like while i think it's a little bit punishment on tammy's part it's still that mentality is there and so that's kind of what she's been doing um and i like that i like that she does that and of course you know she does the barbecue and she ultimately does is also she doesn't go to the game she goes to julie's school to get homework and her books so Julie can still study and work and not fail a semester. And she runs into um, one of her teacher's TAs. Guess what TA that is? <laughs> hmm, I wonder uh, wonder which TA 
that she would run into that could be a problem. The cold eyes of Tammy are something otherworldly. The distaste of this woman for this guy is wonderful. I love it. I need to be excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> she's such a keeps her head like she's cool as a cucumber. But man, if she if there was no consequences, I'm pretty sure she would just beat him senseless. <laughs> yeah, she's not happy. She doesn't like him. We know why. It's totally understandable, you know. It's a good thing she's there, because if Eric had been there, he would be toast. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. Yeah, But yeah, she has a brief conversation with him, and ends up getting all of Julie's homework, and you know, being a good mom about it. <laughs> Pretty cool-headed. Yeah, she's doing her best in this situation. She just wants to get her stuff and get out of there at this point. Yeah, she does not want to deal with that. Like, she wants... Julie to handle it. She does not want to have anything to do with it. It is Julie. She needs to face, you know, the hole she's dug. Oh, yeah, definitely. For sure. And, yeah, Julie has just still been at home um, and earning her keep, essentially, of doing the babysitting. I don't like Julie's attitude in the beginning. It's not like season two bad, but it's a little crabby and like why do i have to do this kind of thing like you've only been out of that house for a month and already you've regressed to this attitude but whatever it it gets better so i can deal with it (laughs) it gradually improves throughout the episode and she starts to take some responsibility and progresses back towards you know studying school and thinking about it yeah she does and so things do get a little better here and i do like that um look julie was always going to have uh issues when she got back you know she's well as eric eric says she's more or less crawling back into the womb um i love that line which is great and it it's uh perfect actually because it's kind of true you know she is um she went out into the big bad world uh the big bad world just gave her a nice uppercut to the to the chin and she doesn't know how to deal with it she doesn't know how to handle that, and so she's hiding uh, because she doesn't know how to be an adult in this situation. She's never encountered this this situation, so she doesn't know what to do. Um, and so she's retreating to the safety of being a teenager again for a while. She just wants to not have to deal with the responsibility of the world, Um, stay at home, veg, watch TV, and just hide away for a little while until something forces her to change. And so I think that's kind of where she's at. Yeah. It's not too much, but it's progression. And I like that they included it. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And it's nice to see for sure. should wrap up this episode all right yeah let's get down to our grade and our final thoughts i guess do you want to start off sure can do um yeah i like this episode i I think that uh we're watching uh, the the team is um starting a little little too big head wise um they're a little too arrogant a little too cocky i understand the anger from the release of the information I never would have thought that some of the uh, Tinker would ever have had a any kind of a juvenile record. He's like a big teddy right. bear. But, um, yeah. So, of course, I, I wanted his record to be like stealing a farm animal or something. Right, stealing a cow or something right. or a pig. Um, but, you know, that's the thing. I, I understand the anger. Um, so, to a certain extent, I can't say that there isn't any justification for going out there and playing with a little more intensity, but at the same time, there's a difference between intensity and just all-out rage, uh, which I think is what they were showing, and ultimately uh, arrogance, cockiness, and um, just rubbing the other team's face in it. So I don't like that. Vince is definitely getting, you know, same thing, too big of a head. Listening to his dad too much 
And he's a smart enough kid. He should know that even though his dad is street smart, his dad is trying to step into a world he doesn't know anything about. And so he should be telling his dad, should be telling his dad, hey, look, dad, I know you're a smart guy, but you know, I think coach knows what he's doing. But we're not there, unfortunately. And what we've got is, is uh, someone who's taking on a level of responsibility they're not ready for. Um, yeah. I, so I like the I like the storyline. I think I like I like the everything that happened in this episode. I thought it was just a very excellent episode of the show. Yeah, I mean, I liked I like seeing Street again. That was nice. Um, yeah. So I think for me, this episode gets an A minus. Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair grade. Um, I'm with you. I like a lot of elements of this episode. Um, favorite scene of this is seeing Jason again. There, it just brings back this nostalgic and homey like esque feeling towards this. Like, it takes me back two years ago when we're first starting this, and you know, talking and dissecting all these episodes and talking about Jason Street. Seeing him back, it's pretty wonderful. Um, loved that and loved the rapport he has with Coach. It's just like two equals having a conversation with each other and they're both very similar men and I love that um, I like that we're seeing progression with Julie and Tammy um, while I, I hate it, it's good story progression between Vince and uh, his father and seeing his father's true colors finally come out, the colors we've all known have been there and, uh, Yeah, I hate that that's happening but I do like that it makes it's a good story um yeah, and uh, Billy is Billy. <laughs> I think he's finally back to, you know, they're writing him the way he's supposed to be. <laughs> like he gets one good one good piece of advice per season, and he's used it up now, so it's back to, you know, our normal Billy. Uh, so it's really great. I love that storyline. Um, I like that, you know, Luke is getting riled up. He's fighting back. I just hope that Coach reels him in a bit, and you know, he's not continuing to be off the leash because Billy's just like, go and half murder people. Um, so I'm curious to see if he gets reeled back in and tones back a bit. I think it's a really great episode. I'm with you. I'm giving it an A- minus as well. All right. Excellent. Well, I think that ends this episode. Um, we're counting down, <laughs> getting closer to the <laughs> end now. Uh, yeah. So one did as we always do. Clear eyes. Full hearts. Can't, Can't lose. lose. All right, everyone. Have a uh, have a good time, good week, and we'll see you next time. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Friday Night Mike's podcast. Be sure to visit FreakingGeeks.com as well as our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash FreakingGeeks for more great content. Also, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Trust us, it really helps. If you would like to write into the podcast and share your thoughts and ask questions, you can do so by sending your email to freakinggeeksmedia at gmail.com. You can contact Michael on Twitter using at Michael underscore Lanik. You can contact Sarah on Twitter using at Labyrinth Rose or at Freak Geeks.